Dionisio at the plate. He's over two today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly, and it's oh, it's raining now. and welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the podcast where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. I'm Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. And today we will be recapping a couple of San Diego Padres bus hangs after the Cubs games from last week. Uh, but first, it is episode number 197. So Jeremy, who is your 197 guy? All right, Jack. Uh, I went with 197 homers. There was actually like a good amount of guys to choose from this this week, which I feel like is maybe it's it was like the most um, choices for like in a long time. I feel. Oh, great! Yeah. Um. So yeah. So for 197, Jack, I ended up going with Dave Henderson. Ooh, Dave H- Hendo. Okay. Yeah. yeah Hendo uh, ta- actually. Hendu. Was it Hendo? Not Hendo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Hendo, which. That was when I'm being one. That was going to be one of my notes, which like I like that nickname. I don't want to dig any deeper into where it comes <laughs> from, but uh, yeah, I like. Let's say let's go with we like it. Um, but yeah, Dave Henderson. Um, so yeah, I mean, so I know Dave Henderson as an A. Um, I'm sure, sure there's some people who probably know him more as like maybe a Red Sox or a, a Mariner. Um, Jack, what do you, what about you? Do you f- feel like you remember? I, him? I primarily thought of like when you when you first said him, I thought of him as an A. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. But I could definitely see he. So he didn't go to the A's until his age twenty nine season. Uh, he he debuted nineteen eighty one in his age twenty two uh, year with uh, the Mariners. He was drafted twenty six overall um, <clears throat> out of high school um, in Dos Palos, California. Um, but yeah, so one hundred ninety seven career homers, um, two fifty eight batting average. Um, I guess you know. So like he. He never really finished. I feel like he was kind of just like a steady kind of guy, like never mm-hmm. really high average. Um, let's see. His highest single season home runs were 24 in 1988 with the uh, Oakland A's. Um, made one all-star team in 1991. Um, but, yeah, I would say pretty much like the, I guess the highlight of his career was he hit a big homer in 1986 uh, in the uh, ALCS as a member of the Red Sox against the yep. Angels um, that would prolong that series and ended up uh, getting the Red Sox into the World Series where they famously lost in that Buckner game. Um, but uh, but that, and then I would say he was he was part of the 89 um, Oakland A's World Series championship team. So I, you know, I just have, you know, vivid memories of him from that, from that team, from that year, from those years. Um, yeah, I, you know, I kind of scoped his, his, uh, his Wikipedia and not too much like stands out necessarily. It just kind of seems like he was just like, kind of like a solid, like guy who, who went out there and played, um, for 14 seasons. Um, Honestly, I was kind of I, I kind of forgot that he passed away. So he passed away in 2015, sadly, uh-huh. uh, due to a heart attack. Uh, it said like after what two weeks after getting or two months after getting a kidney transplant. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a kind of a sad situation. He died at age 57. So um you know, um he, and he did a little bit of announcing for the Mariners. So it's like you know it's too bad. It's like maybe he's he's a guy who would have been you know in Chicago on the trip uh you know a couple weeks yeah. ago. So it's unfortunate there. Um, 
I don't own any of his autographs or anything. I haven't checked to see if you know if he signed for any sets or anything. But uh, but yeah, he was just kind of like it seemed like kind of like a fan favorite kind of guy, like a easygoing uh, guy, well liked by his teammates and stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have much else to say about Dave Henderson, but uh, just a guy, classic guy, I remember from my childhood. You know, um, the the home run that he hit against the Angels uh, mm-hmm. was that. Is the pitcher who gave that up? I could be thinking of something different, and maybe this is getting a little dark. But did did, did he take his life? I believe so, Donnie Donnie Moore. Yeah, yeah. I um, think I think so. I knew that there was something um, kind of dark about his uh, about Donnie Moore, and I think, <laughs> I think that might be it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's uh, that that that's kind of messed up. Um, yeah, that's a uh, that's a good one, and you know, cer- certainly some of those A's teams that he was on. Um, you know, maybe, maybe he's just more Dave Henderson. That is maybe he's just more of a, a footnote on those teams, considering some of the other players on him, but yeah. it's, it's cool that he was on him on those teams and, and that he was a part of that. Uh, his 1988 season was really good. He had 24 homers, 94 RBIs, and he hit 304, uh, finished 13th in MVP voting. I wonder, you know, cause he was a first round pick. Um, you know, he could, uh, he could definitely hit some home runs. Uh, he, he seems like a kind of guy and I, he, he's way before my time. But I, wa- I wonder if he was one of those dudes who, uh, almost like a Corey Patterson, where it seemed like he had all of the tools, but he could just kind of never really put them, put everything together at the same time. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm trying to think. Like he was always. It seems like he was always on teams with like a big superstar to carry the load, like you said, Jack. Like you know, so he he played with with Jose Canseco. Um, I believe he played with with Ricky Henderson at some point in Boston. He played. He must have played with Jim Rice and Don Baylor. Um, so like maybe he was never really counted on to be like the guy. Um, uh-huh. I'm trying to think maybe in those early Mariners days, maybe he was kind of more of like the guy on those teams. I'm trying to think who would have been on those like early eighties Mariners teams well, besides Mario Mendoza. I don't know. I was going to say that 81 Mariners team, uh, that was the team that was managed by Maury Wills. I don't know if, uh, have you yeah. heard any of the stories about, about Maury Wills managing <laughs> that team? Uh, not, not, not in depth. No. Yeah, okay. I, we we can maybe go over that sometime on the podcast, but I I think there was a time he came out to take his pitcher out and called for the called for the bullpen, and he didn't have anybody warming up in the bullpen. Um, so they said he was kind of just a, a disaster. So I'll I'll have to I'll have to look that up for our next podcast. But I I don't know if he ever if he even finished one season with them. So there there's some there's some legendary stories about Maury Wills, but I didn't know Dave Henderson played for them. So that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, those those early Mariners teams didn't seem to be rife with too many superstars. Alvin Davis, um, and yeah, not so much aside from that. Al Cowens, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I guess young Harold Reynolds was on some of those teams too. But um, but yeah, anyway, we um, we remember Dave Henderson as one of those World Series champion Oakland A's for sure. Nice. Well, uh, uh, good. Uh, very good. Thank you, Jeremy. Um, and we're creeping up on 200, too, so that'll be that'll be exciting. Yeah. Um, all yeah. right, so uh, shall we get to the uh, the Padres buses? Yeah, this is a kind of an odd smorgasbord episode, right? Because yeah. we have um, we have kind of two nights of bus hangs, and then um, I think we can also add in a little bit of, like, we each went to a White Sox game separately, so yeah. we could kind of talk a little bit about, like, just some first impressions. You know, obviously you didn't do a game there, but... You know, I think it would be fair to like add some like just just some like you know to be continued from last year, just like to see what it's like 
you know what this year has been like so far and uh we can preview our next game a little bit too yeah for sure that sounds yeah that sounds good to me um all right so uh the the bus hang started on on 425 i think that was tuesday so that was that was a week ago today i believe um it was very cold that night it was 40 degrees so we're, we're actually both nights we're going to be talking about here are were 40 degree nights and it wasn't much warmer today either so the weather has been really bad here in chicago um but uh yeah we we agreed to meet at the bus uh jeremy kind of wasn't sure if he was going to be able to make it ended up turning out that he could uh so i got there before jeremy um i arrived uh, in the bottom of the eighth inning and I was, uh, there was one guy who was in what we call the catbird seat, which is like basically the first person to be, uh, in, in the row of guys. So like if a guy came over and autographed, um, presumably you'd be the first guy he signed for. So there was a guy waiting in that spot and I, I, I said hi to him and stuff. And, you know, we just kind of acknowledged each other, started talking about which cards each one of us had to get signed, uh, like you do. I asked him if he'd ever graphed the Padres before. He said no. Um, and I said, I tried him last year. And I said, uh, you know, like Machado, and he's probably not going to sign. And the guy went, oh, really? You don't think he's going <laughs> to sign? I was like, nah. I was like, nah, probably not. He's like, oh, well, hey, it, it only takes one time, right? I was like, yeah, 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 I guess it only takes one time. And <laughs> and then he showed me this U Darvish card I uh, he had, and I was like, ah, yeah, you know, Darvish didn't even look up last year. He didn't even stop. He's like, oh, really? He's like, oh, well, hey, hey, you know, maybe he'll sign. It only, it, it just, it all it takes is once, right? I was like, I was like, yeah, sure, okay. Um, so then it turned out that this guy had only ever graphed like major leaguers one time, um, at least at the Cubs bus, and that that was like a week ago when he got J-Rod's autograph. So apparently, like, most of Chicago got J-Rod's autograph, but I didn't, <laughs> which is fine. But it's like, it's like, dude, you can't go into this stuff. He was a nice guy. Like I told you, his, uh, his name was Jeremy, too. We didn't, I didn't end up talking to him at all after, uh, after that, and he had an, an annoying friend who showed up, too. But like, the, Then the real Jeremy showed up. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the real one did. But um, <laughs> I was like, dude... You can't go into these like these graphing sessions outside the stadium hoping that the very best player is going to sign for you. It's just it's just not realistic, and you can't be disappointed if they don't. No, I was gonna say like, man, J Rod really like ruined that guy. Like he that guy must think you could just get every like you know MLB top superstar every time you go out there. Then yeah, yeah that's that's bad. Yeah, so that was that was the situation. Uh, basically, when you wa- when you walked up, you you didn't uh, you didn't come that much later than that. So that was that was where I was at when you came. Okay. Yeah. So um, it was uh, it it was um, it was interesting. Um, so we the 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 tough thing about like showing up like um, kind of like at different times is that you know it's impossible for us to actually stand together and. Um, Number one, that kind of sucks just because it's then becomes like kind of like a kind of almost like a solo experience. Yeah. But number two, it's like it's good to like funnel down information and stuff, too, or just to be like, hey, is is that so and so like, you know, we can't say that if we're not saying that standing next to each other. So um, but uh, so I was kind of like a couple of people down from Jack. Um, there was at least I think there's one guy in between us, like one kind of tall guy or something. Um, was that the guy who tried to sneak in too? Um, uh, wasn't there some oh, kid who tried to like, was that this game or was that the Dodgers? Uh, that might've been the, the Dodgers. I, I don't, Dodgers. I don't recall that from this bus. Okay. Yeah. You, you, uh, you texted me some choice words about some guy who tried oh, to like, sneak Oh yeah. Oh, you mean sneak in the, sneak in the line. 
Yeah, yes. sure. Um, yeah, I uh, th- th- yeah, that kid was a motherfucker, dude. Um, you know, he had a he had a bunch of you know not. I guess we will be getting Mike Mike Schiltz autographs, so that's uh, you know <laughs> late, later on. But um, uh, yeah, this kid tried to like kind of push his way through. He kept like he kept like looking over to the side. You could tell that he was really. Um, he really didn't like where he was at. He wanted to be he wanted to be in the catbird seat, but he wasn't there early enough and there just wasn't shit he could do. He didn't end up leaving with any autographs, so I was okay with it, but it's like, mm-hmm. dude, you didn't you didn't get here. You seem like you know what the score should be, like you don't get the spot anymore. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um so yeah, so I guess I was like flank we were flanking this this kid. Um, we were like, I can't even I can't remember what I said about him. I, I said some some shit. Like I, I was talking was, out loud to you. Do you remember anything I said? Well, there was uh you texted me something. I did. And then then we vocally followed up on it. There was a, a four letter word that began with the word with the letter C in there. <laughs> oh oh Jesus. Okay, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> but, uh, oh, was that was that in my text? Yes, that was in the text, yeah. Nice, yeah, and this is kinda... the... Go ahead and, yeah, delete that text thread, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah, well, yeah, I might, you know, maybe I'll use that for, for some blackmail <laughs> in the future or something. I don't know. Sure. But, um, but yeah, so, like, uh, yeah, he and he was, like, in his 20s, this kid. He, he yeah. looked like one of those kids who, like, goes around a card show with his fucking... Um, what's that fucking place, like... Not Halliburton, but those 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 people who make those cases like that you fucking put like guns in, but the kids put like graded baseball cards in. I forgot what what the I can't sure. think of the name off the top of my head, but um, but yeah, he looks like just like a card bro, like kid, like yep. in training, like anyway. So um, so I was like kind of uh to that kid's right, and then like at some point like this um this little kid kind of like push like kind of like burrows his way in between us. Um, and it was like, it was a, a Korean, there was a co Korean family behind us. So one of the like, kind of like running themes of both nights of the Padres was that there were a lot of Korean people there, uh, to see ha Sung Kim. Um, and, uh, I, I kind of like, I could tell this kid was trying to get in there, but like at this point, like, um, I mean, the kid seemed like cool. He didn't seem like a brat or anything. He kind of just got in there and I figured it was actually probably good for business. So I kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, I was, I was kind of cool with it. Um, but there were definitely, he had like a brother, I think with him or a younger sister or something. And I think they switched spots at one point. Um, but I was like, okay, one's enough. Like, you know, we can't, we can't, I can't make room for both of you guys, but like, you know, we could get one person in there. So, yeah. um, it ultimately it didn't really help. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think like if it's a manageable situation, I don't think it hurts to like, kind of like let one, at least one kid kind of push through there. No, for um, sure. You know, we even discussed that after the last game too. So, um, so yeah, I don't really remember. I, it's been like a week since I wrote that note. I'm not sure if there's anything else to them, but I think that was pretty much it. Um, but I will say that like, Jack, I don't know how much of this you saw, but like this was a fucking atrocity. So, um, so we've kind of described it before, but like the, basically the, the, the bus pulls over to the curb, um, and there's a wide sidewalk, but, and then, you know, uh, on the, the sidewalk leads to the wall of Wrigley field, which is actually like a fence, basically like a gate, a big, like wrought iron, like green painted gate. Right. And that's where you see through and you can see the players coming through. So they put like a little stanchion, uh, railing kind of thing, kind of like the, the the things that used to like flank the outside of like the WWF wrestling ring, like those kinds of barriers. They they kind of flanked that across the sidewalk, 
and most of the times it leads in front of the bus. So there's a little bit of room in front of the bus and this like metal railing. And then it kind of takes a right angle and then it connects. It kind of, then it goes like, um, like perpendicular to the sidewalk to like, kind of like bridge that gap between the fence and the front of the bus. Right. So it's kind of like an L shape basically. And so on that far end of the L shape, that's kind of, that's a really tough spot. Um, but that's what we've also seen a lot of goofballs at the at that spot. The candy oh, yeah. people are usually at that spot. Like maybe we should call that like the elbow or something. Like yes, you yeah, know, that's that's good. Yeah, like the basketball term. So like um, you know, there's always some goofy people at that spot. A lot of times there's kids there. That's where um, uh, Paul Seawald was signing when J Rod came out. Yep. And so this time uh, for the Padres, there was a group of kids there and like two parents or something. Like maybe it was like a little boy, a little girl, and like two parents, and. I was still kind of getting settled in because like when I'm getting there and I'm like rushing, like I'm driving over, finding a parking spot, rushing over. And then like, I'm done. I'm it's Jack. The, the experience of getting to this park is weird after the game lets out because I'm like a salmon swimming upstream. Like there's all <laughs> these people walking away from the park and I'm going to the park and it's a very chaotic thing. And I'm already kind of like feeling up against the clock. So it takes me like a good, like 10, 15 minutes to kind of just mentally settle in once I get to the, the, yeah. the the bus sure um, that that reminds me of uh you've never seen the movie Independence Day right no not really okay no. yeah there's this scene where Judd Hirsch and Jeff Goldblum Judd Hirsch plays Jeff Goldblum's dad and they're driving into uh either New York City or Washington D.C. they're driving oh, okay. into the city and everybody else is trying to leave the city because the spaceship is there and you okay. hear Judd Hirsch say uh, he goes everybody's leaving the city we're the only schmucks going in. So, uh, that <laughs> nice. reminded me of that. Nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's perfect. Um, uh-huh. so, so these, uh, speaking of schmucks, um, so there's like, so this, like this family, like, uh, are at that elbow spot, whatever. And like, we see like a baseball go flying. Okay. So a baseball just flies over the, the actually, was that the one that hit the lady in the head? <laughs> was no, one... I think that was the, that was maybe the second night. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's weird. So there's, um, this ball goes flying, uh, into like by the, like kind of like under the bus, let's say. And then like the lady goes like, Oh no, 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 the ball. No, the ball. Hey, Hey, uh, we need the ball back. Throw us the ball, throw us the ball. And like, oddly enough, there were like no security guards, like standing right there at the time. Usually there's like three guys standing around. Um, but they, it was just a weird moment where they had all kind of like dispersed or like the security guards were like maybe in the stadium or something attending to something. And the lady kind of gets her way over by me and she's like, Hey, can you throw me the ball? Can you throw me the ball? And like the people that are coming out at this point are like the, the Padres wives and girlfriends, yep. the wags. And like, they're like, and she's like asking them to like throw them the ball. And like, some of them are not, can't hear her. Some of them are like maybe ignoring her. Cause they think she's crazy. And like, I said to the lady, she was right next to me, and I'm like, if you ask a security guard, the security guard will grab it. And she kind of just ignores me because she's, like, just fucking, like, frantic. Like, she, they think they're never going to get this ball back. And she's, like, freaking out. And I think I heard her say, like, a player gave that to her. A player gave that to her. Can you? We need the ball back. Please give us the ball. Give us the ball. And, like, I look over to my right. Like, the lady maybe, like, backed off. I look over to my right, and here comes the fucking dad jumping the fence. He's, like, climbing over the barrier and he jumps over the fucking barrier, like, which is like, there's a barrier with like, you know, dozens and dozens of people pushed up against it. And this guy just hops the fence and it's like, who the hell knows like what 
it looks like from an outsider's viewpoint. And like at that point, there was a guy, um, a security guard who over there. And like, I think the dad kind of got like halfway in and the guy's like, no, 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 you can't be over here. You can't be on this side. You can't be on this side. And he's like, but the ball, but the, I'm trying to get the ball. And like someone finally got the fucking ball. Yo, and like, you, you know, who got the ball was one of the wags. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It yeah. was. I wonder whose wife it was. Or no, whatever, I know. Well, the thing is, she came out and she was carrying a baby. So, yeah. you know, like, God bless her. She had this baby in her fucking in one arm and she bends down and picks up this ball. And I think she gives it to the security guard and the security guard gives it back. But all of this was she was like picking it up while the dad like jumped over the fence. And it's yeah. like for all this security guard knew the the guy, you know, he doesn't know who the fuck the guy is. The guy could be like trying to attack this this wag, and it's like, you know, and why not, right? That's why the barriers are there. That's why they have security guards are there, like there. What what possibly could this guy have been thinking? It was just it was just trash. The guy should have been arrested, frankly, for for going over that barrier. It was stupid, and I you know I didn't hear all that commotion going on because that was that was to my bad side. But like as a as an adult person, you know, you should just concede like, well, shit, it was our bad for like letting the kid fuck around and drop this ball. Right. Um, yeah. I'm not going to be frantic for it. That that would be my mentality. I mean, yeah, I've, I've I almost mean, dropped my pen, over, you know, in there. And that's like my biggest fear is to drop something in the in that zone. Yeah. I mean, listen, what happens if, 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 you, if you drop a pen or a ball or whatever you go like excuse me i dropped that i'm sorry could you could you hand that to me thanks like yep. that's it like yep. one of the wives or you think that fucking fernando tatis is gonna grab this ball and run into the bus and hide under the seat or something like <laughs> what do you think is gonna fucking happen like you think that the guy who that uh you know our buddy who drives the bus who like has the the fucking best job in the world is gonna take this ball and then keep and see like no it's mine now and then like the the guy from the they the, they complain to the cubs the cubs guy talks to him and fires the guy like what do you think is gonna happen like just ask for the fucking ball back and they'll give it to you like settle the fuck down man yeah it was ridiculous yeah. and this guy's fucking hopping the fence for it it's like jesus like that's the kind of guy who would would jump on the the CTA tracks, the L tracks, like if he dropped <laughs> his hat or something. It's like, yeah, you fucking call someone over and then have like, you know, send a signal out and have some poor schlub go out there like and get it or lose the hat, like you know, that's also a, a situation. But it's like, right. it was nuts. And like, so it's funny because right after that, Chris, our buddy Chris shows up. And um, he kind of lean, he kind of like kind of leans in, like because I think maybe at this point there were a couple of people behind me. He like leaned in and tapped my shoulder and was like, "Hey man, I'm here." And like, and I'm, uh, I said to him, I'm "Like, hey, you want to hop the fence too, man? Let me know. I'll make room, you know." <laughs> um, and he was like laughing because he had walked up and he's he had just walked up when that guy was like just jumped over the fence and he's like, "What the hell's going on over here?" So I, it must have been even crazier for him to to see. Um, so that was again, that was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, um, so, uh, you know, uh, always nice when there's, we already knew that the situation was going to be, uh, you know, tumultuous. Uh, so it's always nice to get that, like a guy fucking hopping the fence before even one player came out. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, uh, definitely. Um, eventually they did, they did start coming out. Uh, Jake Cronenworth came out pretty early. Um, he was with his wife or or girlfriend, but uh, I didn't know this until you told me, but Jake Cronenworth stays in Chicago in the off season. Yeah, um, I think I saw that somewhere, yeah. Sure. Well, any, anyway, he didn't take the bus. He took like a, you know, they always have about two or three SUVs parked behind all the buses. So he 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 walks in the opposite direction to go to one of these SUVs. And so these guys behind me, 
They're it's not the autograph bro you talked about, but they're autograph bros. And so they're like, oh shit, shit, is Cronenworth going that way? Well, we yeah, we should go. And they go, they sprint, they sprint after him. Uh, they leave yeah. where they're at and they just go sprinting after him. Um, and then about two minutes later, they come back <laughs> empty-handed, and one of the guys goes, "Fuck Jake Cronenworth! All my homies hate Jake Cronenworth." <laughs> and maybe he could look in the mirror a second. Um, Jake Cronenworth, he just got off work. He's with his wife. They just want to go home. And you, a complete stranger, are going to run as fast as you can at him at night in the middle of a, of a busy city uh, that, you know, is, I don't want to say it's known for its crime because I can't stand people who say that Chicago is like, you know, crime ridden, but mm. it's a big city. You got you to gotta watch out. And like, and then Jake Cronenworth doesn't acknowledge you and gets in the car and, and leaves and you're, you're like, fuck him? Like, what do you think Jake Cronenworth's <laughs> homies think of you? Like, you're the creep here. So, yeah. like, yeah, fuck that guy. People who people who chase after players on the street when they're not going to the bus, um, uh, you know, I don't know. And, like, I, you know, I know you had to, like, chase down Aramisio that one time. And there, <laughs> yeah. for, for what, there was something that was maybe a little different about that. Um, first of all, I, like, that, that area by the Cubs is a little bit more well-lit than Sheffield. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's just there's there's just something I, that wasn't right about the way those guys approach that. So yeah, uh, I I think it's a, it's kind of like a it's kind of like you know it when you see it kind of situation, right? And it's like if you find yourself running after a guy and his wife or girlfriend or whoever, um, you know, it's like maybe you've gone too far. Like if yeah. you're if you're trying to approach, that's why like when I do go after if I do go after a guy, like I'm not running. I try not to like dead sprint after a guy because that just looks scary. Yes. Um, you know, it's like I'll try to walk run or something. Like I try to like run up to Irma Seal. Like I try to I ran after him to go around the corner and then like when I got to him I like started trying to, to like walk so I didn't didn't come across like some kind of like assailant <laughs> against exactly. him, basically. Yeah. So Um so yeah, yeah. that that was uh, that that was some bullshit that happened. Um uh we one guy we really wanted was uh, uh, Mark Grant, um, you know, better known as Mud or Mudcat. Uh, Jeremy, you also wanted his uh, uh, announcing partner Don Orsillo. Is that that right? Yeah, the uh, play-by-play guy. Uh, yeah. So Don Orsillo was um, he was he was with the Red Sox for many years, and he worked with Jerry Remy. Um, and he's I really like him. He's a great uh, announcer, and he he went over to San Diego a couple years ago. So like, yeah, the whole booth like you know was was a desirable target. Yeah, um, you know, he Mud came out pretty fast with Orsillo, um, and, uh, you know, we, we tried to call him over. Um, you got Orsillo over first, and I think he signed for you, and then he said, do you want Mudcat to come over? No, Is that how so, it went down? No, no, no. So, so I called over. I'm like, um, you know, like, I think maybe you called for Mudcat, and like, yeah. I called for Don. I'm like, hey, Don, could you sign one? And, like, he sound, you know, it was a little kind of – there was a little bit of a commotion, I think, because people were multiple people were calling out different people. So Orsillo came, walks over to me, and he he like he, he you know he kind of was like yeah sure and like he kind of walked over and then he's like wait did you want mud and I'm like no 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 I want you Don like yeah and because I think he thought like why would this guy want me he probably wants Mudcat Grant and uh, so um, he kind of stopped and I'm like no no I want you I want you and like. He signed for me, and I I did I, I used your line, Jack. I said like I'm a fan of your work. Nice. Um. So, uh. But yeah, he was cool about it, and like yeah, I mean, I wanted to like assure assure him that like I did actually want him. Um. And then Mudcat came over and signed, and um, yeah, uh, yeah, and then you got him, Jack. 
I did. Um, so, you know, Mudcat, uh, I, I, I was going to say he's a footnote in one of the best uh, the best yeah. stories in baseball, but he's more than a foot, uh, not not in baseball, but in baseball announcing. Um, but he's more than a footnote. He's he's legitimately involved in it. Um, so he was in the booth when Rick, Rick Sutcliffe had his famous drunken appearance on uh, P- Padres Radio. Mm-hmm. And um, one, of, one of Sutcliffe's best lines in the whole thing is he goes, <laughs> anybody who's not a fan of Mark Grant, they got problems, man. And so I was like, <laughs> well, you know, this is literally the one chance I'm going to get to like, to quote this to the person who it was said to. So right. I, I said, uh, after he signed for me, I was like, hey, thanks, Mud. Uh, it's, it's, like, uh, Sut, it's like Sut said, and then I said the line. And, and immediately when he heard Sut, he went, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> and, then he just kept, and then he just kept signing for people. Um, yeah. I bet that's probably not the first time somebody's brought that up to him. Um, right. Definitely not. But I was I was glad I got it in there. He didn't seem upset or anything. He just was like, "Oh no, no." Um, one thing too, we're lucky we got him because he the second night, which we'll get to a little later, he was not yeah. there. So no. I I don't hey I don't know if him and Sut like went out for some beers after the game. It's you know very possible. But uh, yeah, we're lucky we got him. He wasn't there the second night, and I figured he'd be a, a shoe in for both nights. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's um yeah. I'm I'm glad about that. And after like the next day, um. That is one thing that I, it occurred to me about maybe halfway through we were, while we were out there. I was like, wow, you know, because at some point it kind of almost seemed like that's who all we were going to, well, maybe that is all who we got on night one, but uh, yeah. I was, it was like, we were, I was glad to get them. I was like happy and like, you know, even if any, any players I got at that point were, would have been gravy, I, th- I think. Oh, yeah. Um, those were two guys I really wanted. So, so yeah, that turned out uh, really, really cool. Um, there was a guy next to me. I might as well bring him up now. Um, there was a guy, there were these two guys next to me and like, I could tell that they were kind of like autograph nerds, like probably a couple levels above us in terms of like hardcoreness. Like they had like a backpack with all these, they had cards and like holders and everything. And the guy had, um, a Blake Snell Funko pop figure. And I'm like, and he, they, so they get to the, they get to the railing, they get right next to me and they start just like unpacking all this shit. And I'm like, Jesus guys, like, you know, like what, this isn't a fucking like, uh, you know, this isn't the Cubs convention or the Padres convention. It's like, you got like all this stuff and it's like, you know, it's kind of just like what, whatever you can get, you can get. But this guy brought a Funko and like, he thinks Snell's going to sign that. Like I, I got news for you. Like, I don't think Snell's going to sign at all. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, I hope you didn't go through, it seemed like they were at the game too. So I'm like, did he? Were they carrying all this stuff with them through the game? Um, so he he came over and like he he seemed to know the Padres pretty well and he was like, you know, he saw. I think he might have even called out that that they were coming out. That's how I first heard. Um, but he he got Mudcat and um, he gave him like him and his buddy each had a stack of like four cards and and he goes he hands him to Mud and he's like, hey Mud, you know, however many you can do or whatever you feel like doing and like Mudcat took him and just signed all four of them. And then he signed, then the other guy handed him four. And so at some point I started feeling bad for him, but Mudcat definitely seemed, he he seemed like he liked, you know, schmoozing with the fans, but I almost, I was starting to cringe a little bit because I felt like they were kind of just going a little too far with it. But, sure. But Mud was a, you know, a like first class uh, all the way. So, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I think what Sut said, like maybe it's not, uh, maybe it's true. Like, I mean, he seems like anybody who doesn't like him, like he seems like he did seem like a legitimately great guy. He signed yeah. for every single person and he was more than happy to come over. So that he did was it, really he, cool. He did it all with a smile. Like I, he seems like a, just a 
pretty like gregarious kind of guy. I think yeah. that's like the deal there. So like, yeah, I think it's, I think it is true. I mean, yeah. Sutton hasn't greeted us that, that friendly. <laughs> no, um, no. Yeah. He, uh, he sure didn't. He just seemed tired and exhausted. Yeah. Uh, which I guess is a redundancy. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess to, to go to the opposite end of the spectrum, uh, <laughs> you already brought up Blake Snell. Um, yeah. So Blake Snell came out uh, and we had already been rejected by numerous players at this point. Um, Snell, uh, Snell comes out. And I think he pitched that night, and I think I think he had a, a you know he they lost the Padres lost that game, and I don't know if he had a great outing, um, but uh, he comes out and we call for him. We're like, hey Blake, could you sign? And he he just shakes his head like no, and he actually had kind of a look on his face too that and the look said, not gonna sign, and uh, yeah. you know, and then he, and then he just walked on the bus. It was great, Jeremy. That was better than just being rejected, like you know, by yeah. with a wave and a smile. Because like yeah. he went out of his way to be assholes to us. Um, yeah. So that was that was good. I appreciate a, a good heel when I see one. It it was it was like next level. It was like so. It was such a rejection that it was like fun. Like we laughed. We laughed even before he kind of was on the bus. I feel yep. like I think he may have, like, if he would have just turned his head, he may have seen us like laughing at yeah. him, like just how like fucking. Uh, like extreme it was like he just yeah it was it, the look on his face to me was almost just like what the fuck is this man oh my god what the fuck dude this is great like what <laughs> like he couldn't even like uh, like believe that like these people like that we thought that like he would sign for us or, or like you know we even like made an effort or something like as if sort of thing like as if I would sign for you guys so like but it was so extreme that it was funny and like I think I think I might have said something afterwards, but dude, next year I want to just go there and just be like, you know, we should just be like, come on, Snelly baby, come on, sign for us, baby, like you oh, know, yeah. like just be like really obnoxious about it, and then like you know, maybe how he maybe he would even respect that and actually sign for us, but like we should just like be completely obnoxious to him next year. I think that would be really fun for sure. Yeah, there was something very Ric Flair about the way he rejected us, just like yeah. a good heel, and there was something different different about it than the way Nick Lodolo rejected us last year yeah um maybe it's because snell actually has a track record in the major leagues and like he's maybe you know even though even though like you said blake snell in the sixth inning will never meet um he had he has won a cy young and he's pitched in a world series so uh yeah i respect it that was that was really funny Um, if i dare if i dare quote myself from my thing maybe last week jack uh snell wanted the smoke he wanted he wanted the heat from uh from us from the like the heel turn so sure um so yeah yeah no that's uh that that's definitely accurate um uh so we waited uh you know it, it was just nothing but reject one rejection after another um eventually Tatis came out uh and Tatis came out in a huge group of guys uh I, I don't know if I'm going to be remembering them all but Tatis came out with Machado he came out with Nelson Cruz. Runato Odor. There might have been even Bogarts, a couple other guys. Bogarts was with them too. Bogarts Bo- was yeah, the- Bogarts was with them too that night, and that really sucks because like if you if you wanted any one of those guys, uh, you had no chance of getting them because it was just like too yeah. many freaking people at once. Um, first of all, I want to say about Fernando Tatis because he was at the bus last year too, but I guess I didn't really remember this. But the guy, the guy like looks and carries himself like a like a prince. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah, he's just like. Just the way he walks, like he walks with his chest out. He's got like you know a, a perfectly trimmed beard. It's just like the guy. He's got the air of like royalty, even though again, like he you know he he hasn't really played that long in the majors, and you know he had he had maybe one good almost full season. But uh, you know for a guy that just got busted for steroids. Um, but anyway, he comes out, and of course people go crazier for him. 
then they go for, you know, anybody. There was this woman behind me, and this is a California thing where people just want pictures and video instead of an autograph. But as soon as she sees Tatis, she's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I got to get up there. And then she <laughs> she somehow pushes in front of me. Like, she pushes me aside, and she's like, Fernando! Come over here! Like, just like wailing at Fernando Tatis to come to her. And like, what what would she have done if he would have done that? Would she have like tried to make out with him, like rip rip his clothes off? I, what, you yeah. know, what was, what was her plan if he actually came over? And it's like you said a couple weeks ago, when someone is screaming at you like that, your first instinct is to just get as far away from them as possible. Like yeah. what was what was this lady thinking? If there was ever a chance that Tatis was going to sign, like this lady this lady ruined everybody's chances. Yeah, it was um it it was just it was chaotic. I mean, again, it's the Padres bus was funny to just to 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 be at. I wonder so was that guy was that Jeremy guy like there the whole time? Did you notice that? Was he like you know, yeah. So him, him and his idiot friends stayed for most of it. Um, okay. I, I guess we should mention that that Jeremy guy. Uh, uh, first of all, that Jeremy guy got like three um, Mark Grant autographs, and then after Mark Grant yeah. was done signing for him, he was like, "Hey, who was that?" And uh, you know, yeah. it's like it's like you fucking, you're green, you're green as as you know whatever. But he had an annoying friend with him in a blue coat, and the friend kept going up to the fence um you know that the the Wrigley Field fr- fence that blocks the co- the actual stadium concourse off where where you can see the guys coming and he was the guy who was yelling at the players from like 50 yards away so yeah, nice. he was the guy who was screwing the deal for us but yeah that uh you know the green graffer was was there for most of it too yes I got you. Yeah, the green. Did you say that earlier? Did you call him the Green Graffer? I earlier? actually don't think I did. So that's that's a good name okay. for him. I, I actually I think we'll probably see him and his fucking friend again too. So it's probably yeah. good that that guy has a name. Yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah, right, because he could be. That's good for the over unders too. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I saw the note, the Green Graffer, and I I I never th- I didn't think of it in that terms. Like, uh, <laughs> like I thought maybe I thought maybe he was like gonna recycle the old cards that he didn't get autographed or something. Right. No, like, that's to lower. funny lower his carbon footprint um but anyway um yeah so uh well what i was saying is that like that would be an interesting the the padres bus experience was an interesting one just because you you kind of got like maybe not all the highs and lows but you got like you got just like one just epic rejection you got like that true mob scene there with like when all those guys came out like it was chaos jack i didn't even like i was two people away from you and i didn't even like notice that woman oh my god dude it, it, it was, was just, just so it was crazy. right in my ear. Yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy. Um, but yeah, they did all come out and like it was just a whirlwind because then we and this is when it pays to have friends with you because you can be like, wait, so who the fuck was in that group? Like, I don't even, you know, I don't even know. Like, and then like, yeah, I was like, I saw Manny, but like we had missed Odor was in that group, and yep. then like I didn't even really see Bogarts in that group until like afterwards, or I didn't register that that it was Bogarts or whatever. So it was just it was like a blur. So. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And, and it's like you said, the one guy that really may have been gettable that we would have wanted was Nelson Cruz. Yeah. And he was, he was in that group too. Yeah, for sure. So that was, um, yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was rough. But, um, I mentioned, I mentioned the, the, the Snell Funko pop guy. Um, <clears throat> one interesting tidbit that he told, told me, and we don't have to get too deep into it, but he revealed to me, uh, while we were talking that he, I guess this is the plus about us being separate is that we end up meeting 
ran other random weirdos that we that we right. can report back on. But he ended up reporting back to me that he got Christian Yelich, um, which crazy. was crazy. Yeah, I think like just because of the, um, uh, you know, the track record on this podcast, it's worth reporting that someone actually got Yelich. He said it was like on getaway day. He said that he went in between the buses. And like he said that Yelich, he called for Yelich, and Yelich like looked at him, and then he kind of made a face like, eh, "What the hell?" And he went over and he signed for him. And then like he was telling me some story too that like his friend, he gave his friend like a book, so like if Yelich would only sign like one or two, his friend could also get a couple more signed, which seems like kind of shitty. But um, and then the friend like came over and he's like, "Who is this?" And he's like, "Yelich, Yelich, just go to Yelich." And like the guy couldn't find the page. And then, like, the the original guy, the guy I talked to, had to grab the book out of his hand and flip to the Yelich play, page. And Yelich actually stood there and waited for these two yutzes to, like, find the, the page. So I don't know what this guy – I don't know what kind of pheromones this guy was giving off, but Yelich <laughs> was into it and, like, you know, stopped and actually waited on these two dunces to, like, get the get the right cards out. Yeah, I, you know, I, 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 we were saying, Jeremy, there, there's no real correlation between anything and whether or not a guy will sign. Like, yeah. other, other than maybe if he does or he doesn't. Like, we're thinking getaway day, you know, will they sign or won't they? You'd think they wouldn't. Uh, after a loss, you'd think they wouldn't. Between the fucking buses, you'd think they wouldn't. But, like, mm-hmm. yeah, at, pretty much anything goes um, if, it, they, if, they, if they sign. There's definitely, like, a chaos, like, factor involved in all of this like an unpredictability factor um which maybe we can get to later on as we preview our next game but like it um yeah there's there's like there are things that like there are things that sometimes go as as expected there and then there's some things that that don't and like uh yeah which again is probably one of the things that kind of keeps you keeps you going out or keeps you going out to a team where you think you might not have any luck exactly um we were both uh we both had bob melvin cards bob melvin manager of the padres uh, again, like similar Bruce Bochy situation. They played backup. They were backup catchers during the same era. Um, man, Melvin didn't sign either night for us. Um, he was out early too. He was out earlier yeah. than most managers. Maybe that's in like the contract he signed with the Padres that he doesn't have to do as much media, but he was always on the second bus. Um, he was always there well ahead, some of, ahead of some of the players and coaches, but he just did not, had no interest in signing. No. Yeah. It was, uh, it was weird and like oh yeah and so the first night he came out and like you know Jack called for him or whatever and like he kind of acknowledged Jack and then like I told Jack like as he was like walking on the bus he kind of put his hand up like to kind of like support himself up the stairs and like it looked like he it looked like his hand was making like this the 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 shape of when you would go to sign an autograph, like you're holding a pen. <laughs> but I think it was just, it could have just been like the fact that he probably took like a bunch of like foul tips off the, off his bare hand or something. Right. But uh, I'm like, maybe his muscle memory was telling him to like sign an autograph and he just, he, he fell through <laughs> it or something. Yeah. It was weird. Uh, um, so yeah, Melvin got on and then the, the second bus left and then the, the, there was only the third bus and that there were a, a few stragglers uh player wise Josh Hader was one of the last guys out both nights didn't sign um but also we were waiting on some coaches still so Mike Schilt and Ryan Flaherty uh came out at the same time Schilt former Cardinals manager uh Ryan Flaherty uh former player for the Orioles uh current uh what is he there is he either He's not their bench coach. What the hell does he do for I, them? Honestly, I don't know. I don't sure. know. He's he's pretty young to be a coach, really. Like, I think he probably played up until, like, maybe, like, 2019, 2018, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. 
Yeah, could, yeah, could be. It was it was until recently. Um, anyway, he uh, he came out and he, he's not a super hard guy to recognize. He's taller. He's got kind of big ears. Um, he's got he's got a distinct looking face. Um, but he's he comes out with Schilt. We call for Flaherty. We were like Ryan, Ryan, and this was our last hope of getting any autograph. So we we kind of sold out for him. And he looks at us. It's just me, you, and Chris at that point. I don't think I don't think there's anybody else there. So it was one of those situations where it was like the Jason Lane thing with the Brewers, where I think he realized that there's no reason for me not to sign for these guys. So yeah. he, you know, he he grimaced. Um, he was like, ugh, and then he he came over and he signed for us. His autograph is terrible. It looked like he he scribbled on the page for about a, a one one millisecond each, and then that was it. But we got him. We got Flaherty, and yeah. then. Jeremy, can you describe Schilt during all this? So, yeah, and, like, I think if – correct me if I'm wrong, Jack, but I think you yelled for Flaherty, and I might have yelled, like, Mike, like, yeah. right when they first came out of the, the stadium. And I think they, so. they Yeah, and they both looked over here, and, like, Flaherty kind of walked over first, and Schilt, Schilt like, looked over at us. Like, he had heard um, us call his name, but then, like – but then, like – Flaherty came over and we all got Flaherty. So then I think he was kind of like, maybe like, Oh, maybe they didn't call me. Like, are they going to call me after Flaherty? <laughs> like, I don't know. He kind of like stood there and looked and he was like standing there. A lot of times when something like that happens, the other guy just gets on the bus, but he right. stood by the, he stood by the door and it was weird. It was like, like I could have probably called Fl- like Schilt over after Flaherty. But then like I was in my head, I'm like, does he think I chose Flaherty over him or something? It was, it was weird. So he was kind of just straggling in the back. Plus he looks, he does kind of look a little different without like the, the, the uniform on and stuff. Yeah. But, but like, you know, it was, it was him, but, um, but yeah, it was just, it was weird. So he kind of like just hovered over and it looked like he was gettable, but like it was just kind of too much at that point. Plus like, again, I, I still feel like there were some weird vibes from Schilt. Like he just like, I don't know. Like not, he had that weird rant and like, I don't know. Like, um, yeah, well, not, yeah. not only was he gettable, it almost looked like he wanted to be gotten. Um, yeah, he was standing out. You're, you're definitely right. When you say the other guy usually just gets on the bus, but he was, he was standing out there waiting with Flaherty uh, or waiting for Flaherty. And then I don't know if you noticed this, but he started like looking at his phone almost to make it look like he wasn't like looking <laughs> at, at Flaherty and, and longing and like, Hey, let's face it. Mike Schilt probably always wanted to be a player. Like he always yeah. wanted to have those moments and they just never came for him. Um, and also why was he waiting for Flaherty? Like, why didn't he, were they going to like, did he want to make sure Flaherty sat with him? Like, why didn't he just get on the bus? That, that yeah. doesn't make any sense, but he like, certainly, was, he sure did wait. Was he imparting some of his like, you know, baseball knowledge to Flaherty for the inevitability that Flaherty becomes like a, a, a manager or something one day? Right. We should, we should mention that Flaherty came out with big player energy too. Like he had a backpack. I feel like he had his, he might've had a backwards hat on. I'm not even sure. Like. But he he looked like a player. Um, oh yeah, he's, th- he's thirty six years old. Yeah, uh, he, he, he played, looked good. He looked like he could still play. Yeah, he played up until twenty nineteen. I was right. Okay. So, um, so yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, it was weird. And so like then we got Flaherty. They got on the bus, and I, I were they like the absolute last people on the bus? I can't they're, remember. They're, they're, I can't remember if this happened before or after. But Stephen Wilson, the relief pitcher, came yeah. out, and um, again, it was just you, me, and Chris. Um, and we, you know, we called for him and like, he just, he just waved and got on the bus. It was like, Hey man, if you sign for us, it's not going to create like, um, you know, some, some mass effect where like everybody starts coming over. Like, it's just the three of us you can sign. So 
No, no yeah. real reason for Stephen Wilson not to sign, but he didn't. I wonder, you know, a lot of times guys talk about, like, I was in a one-on-one situation with, with the guy, um, which just sounds so creepy on paper. But, like, yeah. um, I wonder if it was a situation, like, if it was one of the three of us there and just so just one guy and, and just the player, if, they, if some of these guys would sign. Sure. Like, I probably not, but, like, it's because, again, it's like signing for one guy and three guys is not that big of a difference at all. No. So, like... Um, you know, one guy or 10 guys maybe is, 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 is something, but like one in three is not a big difference. So anyway, um, but, but yeah, so they, those guys, um, uh, you know, got on the, uh, the bus and that was kind of all she wrote for, for that. Um, it, it was, uh, and, and we should also reiterate too, that it was, it was very, very cold. It was also late at this point. Um, yeah. I felt like those last guys took quite a while to come out. Um, and, uh, it was late. I was freezing. Uh, and so I, I, uh, this is where I left for the first night. Yeah. Um, and so me and, uh, me and Chris, uh, I was parked kind of close to where Chris was going. And so we kind of walked back to the Cubs bus. I mean, I won't get too far into like some of these things, but like we went over to the Cubs bus <clears throat> and, you know, we talked about running after guys. Um, we saw Nelson Velasquez come out and he, instead of going to the parking lot, he was clearly staying at the hotel um, cause he had just gotten called up recently. I called back up. I think he maybe got called back up that day maybe. Um, and so he walked, he kind of walked through Gallagher way, um, to the, to the hotel towards the hotel. So now me and Chris were there with, with Anthony, Anthony was at the Cubs bus and, uh, our Cubs parking lot. And, uh, another guy who I had met last year too. I didn't catch his name, but we were like, I think that's Velasquez. And then like those guys were kind of like, let's let's go let's go get him and like they they're the kind of guys who i don't think you know thought even for a millisecond of of why that might not be cool and i think chris <laughs> i think chris is not super into following like running after guys and i'm not super into it uh although like if there's a guy i really wanted i i would do it probably um i did it with Hermosillo. um <clears throat> velasquez i i velasquez was the first guy i ever got um when i started graphing at games i got him in south bend in like 20 19 i think or something so um and like i'm almost kind of like cool with that um i had like a card that i wanted to get him signed but like um he they they made a tops now card of him uh from that that grand slam and it was in the mail at that point i have since gotten it in the mail um but uh it was uh i didn't have it at that point so i wasn't like that craze to get Nelson Velasquez though I had a card that I would have had him sign so we kind of followed after him and like Anthony I kind of felt like Anthony kind of like kind of like pimped me out there like he was kind of like go go run after him call his name and I'm like yeah yeah should I and I'm like I'm like hey Nelson and he didn't hear me and then we we went a couple more steps and I said hey Velasquez and he didn't he didn't react and maybe I didn't yell super hard but I kind of looked at Chris I'm like eh this feels weird like I don't really want to do this so then Velasquez crosses the street and we, me and Chris were like, all right, forget it. You know, we're done. And then those guys kind of kept going and they, they ran across the street and they ended up getting him. Oh, um, wow. And then we were like, uh, should we turn around? And then we we're like, uh, yeah, maybe. And then as soon as we said yes, he like finished signing and just walked out of the to the hotel. So um, it was kind of a weird experience. Um, you know, uh, we both kind of felt kind of kind of skeezy after that. Sure. Um, and, and then me and Chris parted ways. 
Um, I walked over by the Cubs bus because I or the train uh, Cubs parking lot because I had to um, go to my car. And there was there was a family of four out there, a husband, wife, and a little boy and a little girl. And that was it. And so I kind of stopped over and like so I walked by and as I was walking by, Keegan Thompson was signing for them. Um, I had already gotten Keegan Thompson. I have a card for him, but I, you know, I wasn't desperate for, for, for Keegan. So I went over there and I was like, Hey, who was that? And they're like, that was Keegan Thompson. And, um, uh, actually I think they might've been like, I don't know. And I was like, Oh, I think it was Keegan Thompson. And then yeah. we looked and we were like, yeah, it was. Um, so then I decided like, I started talking to the, the dad, the dad was like definitely drunk. Um, uh, but he was friendly and, um, we were like talking and, and I kind of like hung out with them for a little bit. Um, Jan Gomes came over. I ended up getting Jan Gomes on another card. Um, like one of the heritage Indian cards that I wanted to get. Um, Nico Horner came by and I got Nico. I should say that this kid, um, the little kid had like the, the lineup sheet, the lineup card. Um, the, like the big one that they post on the wall. Um, he got it from the, the bleed from the, uh, the bullpen. Somehow the dad got it. I'm not sure how, nice. but, um, but yeah, so all the players were signing for it, and they're like, "Oh wow, you got the you got the lineup card. How'd you do that?" You know, and it was pretty cool. Um, Alzali came by. I got Alzali. Um, that was cool because I I got him on a um, his like uh, his call up card, uh, tops now call up card from when he made his debut in 2019, um, and that was cool because me and me and my wife were at that game, so um, that was definitely cool to to have him sign that. Um, like I said, I got Nico. Um, and then we kind of like, we were kind of waiting around a little longer. Um, at some point David Ross comes out and he, you know, so the Cubs have to like, what well, they walk out of like the big office building, um, by the stadium. Then they have to cross like, uh, Waveland, which is, you know, it seems, it feels like a long walk as they cross the street. Then they walk over to the parking lot. So as they're walking across, I say to like the family, I'm like, oh, there's David Ross. And as I look, as I say it, I look to my left and there's like this three, this group of three, like older fucking drunk guys. Um, like they were probably, they were, you know, at the game or something, I'm sure. And getting a drink afterwards. And they just like left a bar and they're, they're probably like in their like late fifties, I'd say early sixties maybe. And they're like, Oh, oh, David Ross. Oh. And I'm like, ah, fuck. Like these guys heard, heard this. And so of course Ross is crossing the street. There's Nine people, let's see, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's eight people standing there on the sidewalk. And these three idiots yell like, hey, Ross, hey, Rossy, can we get a selfie? And then like, and I was just like, God damn it, you fucking like, like assholes. Like you fucking just shit all over this whole situation. And Ross goes like, I'll sign for the kids. And um, he goes over and he signs, you know, autographs for the kids. He says like, oh, yeah, you know, I normally I would have signed this, this lineup card. But, you know, and he signed it right where the coaches are supposed to sign it. He was very nice to the kids. He said he was signed for the kids. So I didn't, I have a card of him that I would really like to get signed. Um, but I didn't really push it because I was respecting what he said. And then these fucking three assholes just step forward and just like one guy gets next to him with his phone out. And he's like, all right, come on, Dave, let's do a selfie. And then like Ross looks up and like smiles. And then the, the second guy comes over and he gets like behind Ross and they just fucking like, they fucking just like boxed him in and like took a, like kind of forced him into taking a selfie. And, um, uh, you know, then Ross like gets like, just, he's like, all right, all right guys. And then like, you know, just got in and drove off and like, 
I was the only one who got screwed out of the whole situation. It was really fucking annoying. Yeah, um, I, I mean, for, I like, feel like if, if you wouldn't have said anything, um, or just if those guys hadn't been in the exact right place at the right time, uh, you would have gotten Ross's autograph probably. Yeah, yeah, I could have just put my book out there and like he could have just signed it or not. I mean, you know, I guess I guess if he denied it, I would have probably felt a little salty, but like. Um, but out of that whole situation, I'm the only one who like didn't get what he what he wanted, which was annoying because these assholes fucking boxed him into getting a selfie. Um, I will say there was one funny moment during that thing though. Um, when Ross was signing for the little kids, um, the dad was behind him and like Ross goes like, "Hey, how you guys doing?" Like to the kids, and um, the dad goes like, "We're good," and then <laughs> Ross looks up and he says, "I didn't ask you." Oh man. <laughs> and um and then like and then like I kind of like laughed a little bit and the dad was like, "Oh." And then like <laughs> and then Ross goes like, "I'm joking." And uh but like I'm like I'm not sure if he was it was kind of scary the way he said it. Yeah. Like it was it was pretty funny. And then like I said like and then the dad was like, "Uh, you know, hey, uh that you know, all right guys, you know, you got his autograph. Cool. All right." And he's like and he's like, yeah, I got yelled at. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, Ross fucking, I said like, Ross, you know, let you have it. And he's like, yeah, you know, I got yelled at. You guys got his autograph. So great for you. And he was kind of like joking about it. Um, but, uh, but yeah. And then like later on, he's like, all right, you know, hey kids, you know, like when, when someone asks you how you're doing, you know, you answer them. He's like, or, you know, cause I don't want to get yelled at again. And uh, it was, it was kind of funny. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that was a, that was an interesting moment for yeah. sure. That's uh, like then, uh, that. That's like his not in the big leagues. You didn't moment with Chris Bryant. <laughs> yeah, just, exactly. That's just his humor. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Um, and so um, then the very last thing that happened, like we we had heard that Seiya Suzuki was still in there taking BP. I think that was his like. Well, no, he had been up already for a couple of days, but um, um, that was his first homestand back with the team in Chicago, and so he stayed back and was taking BP. But we heard that he was coming out, and um, and eventually he did come out. And, um, again, it was like the family and me and Suzuki comes out and like, it's about like a half block from where they walk into the parking lot to where you have to stand. And he comes over and he like looks at us, we call his name and he puts his hand down and he kind of wiggles his fingers. It was really weird. He just like wiggled his four fingers and we were like, um, what, what I I looked at the wife and I'm like, I don't know what that means. Like, and we were like, did, does that mean we can get yes, you'll sign for us. And he just kept wiggling his fingers and moving forward. And we're like, I'm sorry. We don't know what that means. And like, then he just like walked into the parking lot. He just like walked into the lot and we're like, Oh, I guess that doesn't mean, uh, you know, it could have meant like get away from me. It could have, could have meant like, yeah, come over here. And I think what it just meant was, I think he was just like waving hi to them, but just didn't actually like raise his hand. He did it like facing down. So it was really weird. And then the dad was like, well, that fucking sucked. And like, I told, I said to the, I said to the parents, I'm like, you guys could go run to the other side of the parking lot and try to get them. And they did the mom and like the two kids ran down there and like me and the dad stood there and he's like, that was fucking bullshit, man. And I'm like, (laughs) and I said like, that was bullshit actually. Like, you know, the guy could have fucking signed and like, I kind of signified with the dad a little bit. Um, yeah. And then I, in my mind, I'm thinking like, these are like the fucking parents of the year. Like they, they're waiting out there like fucking late. Like it was like almost midnight. The guy, the dad got the kid, the, the scorecard, like the, the, the lineup card, like my fucking parents never did this shit for me. Um, sure. and like the moms run into the end of the parking lot for them. I'm like, these are like parents of the year. And yeah. I, I, to- I actually told the dad, I'm like, Hey man, like 
your kid's gonna, you know, they'll, 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 they'll thank you for doing this one day. And, um, I don't know. And then when it just got out of there, but, um, but yeah, it was, uh, kind of, yeah, it was kind of crazy. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Christ, you know, they're, they're waiting out there. Dad's getting yelled at by David Ross. Like they're doing, uh, they're doing everything, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, that's cool. I wonder if they ultimately got him. Um, I, I don't think they got him at the parking lot. Um, so, Oh, when, when they went back. Yeah, I don't think they did. So. Okay, well, that's fair enough. Hey, that's just like Saya. He doesn't seem like he signs, so. No. Yeah, it's bogus. I, you know, we we put that in there um, in our over-unders for a reason. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. Unless I wait for him on locker clean-out day outside of Wrigleyville hot dogs, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if he gets a taste for a hot dog, maybe you'll get him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think that, so that that's going to wrap up our first night. Our second night is not quite as long. Um, yeah. But there are there were a few funny things that yeah. happened, um, starting with some Hassan Kim business again. Yeah, some more Hassan Kim business, some more um, Korean uh, speaking fans. Um, uh, I I feel like for all the like for all the times like we we tra- we dump on people like um, I don't think it's too self serving to to point out like like some wholesome moments um, involving us. Like, even if this one does involve myself, but just to make us look better, like just to, just to give us some sort of redeeming quality, I figure bring, we should mention these sorts of things. So, um, so, and, and this, this moment has an asterisk on it anyway, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, there was a, there was a, um, a, a father and son, uh, young, young kid, like maybe like 10, nine, 10 years old, something like that. Um, and they were, they were waiting for Hassan Kim. The dad actually like saw my books, my, my book of cards. And he's like, do you have a Hassan Kim card? And I'm like, yep, I do. And he's like, wow. <laughs> and like, I was like, oh man, like, I wish I had like an extra one or something like, um, but, and then like he, he, he like nudged the, the kid like, Hey, he's got a card. And like the kid's like, wow. You know, they were like really excited. And I'm like, man, you, you really could just get one. Like you could really just order one on eBay or whatever, or like buy some packs or whatever. But it's like, it's not that unattainable, but so they were out there and obviously one in Hassan Kim, uh, you know, shitty enough. Hassan Kim didn't stop either night. Didn't really, I don't think he really, did he look at the crowd? I don't even I know. Don't, he might've that second night. He might've like smile yeah. and wave but it wasn't a big one it was just no. he got right he got right on the bus both days basically I, and he was out with like his interpreter too i think but yeah. um the i think the dad yelled something in korean which i don't I, you know i don't know like but and maybe that got a got him a look but it's like i don't know man it's like if i was like an american playing in like you know another country and there were some Amer and there were like two american fans amongst like you know 25 other like non-american fans i would maybe try to go over and sign for those for those you know native countrymen like right um you know it kind of sucks because like i'm sure because this kid if he's a if he's a baseball fan he's a young uh korean born baseball fan or whatever um you know there's not that many guys that he can like look up to and so like here's one of his like you know a, a fellow korean player and it's like he gets snubbed by him i feel like that that stings a little extra more than just like getting you know stiff armed by by Blake Snell you know so For sure. I felt bad and like I I feel like I feel like that is almost like Hassan Kim's Hassan Kim's duty to maybe sign for these guys I don't know but um but so they didn't get him and like I could you know I'm sure the kid was kind of sad about it so like I like I like kind of 
looked over like after Kim got on the bus and I, I said to the dad, I'm like, Hey, do you guys want my card? And the get dad was like, Oh, thank you. But, uh, no, that's okay. That's okay. And like the kid just looks up at me. He's like this short little kid and he looks up to me and he's like, thank you. And, uh, and like, as if like, yes, I want it. Thank you. And so I just like pulled the card out and I, I gave it to the kid and like, you know, they like looked at each other and like the kid was like happy about it. Um, and then they, they kind of went to the side of the bus to try to see if they could maybe coax him out or something and, you know, no luck. And I looked back and I saw them like walking off, you know, away from Wrigley and like the dad was like, had his arm around the kid and it was like, it was a very touching moment. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I hope like at least they were happy that they got that card. Um, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, I was gonna so. say, it would have, would have been a real like George Costanza moment if, uh, you know, like Kim had just gone on the bus to like put his backpack down so he <laughs> right. could come out to sign for everybody. And then like the second you see, you see that you grab the card back from the kid <laughs> and like, and get it autographed for yourself. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. And so, um, yeah, that would have been, that would have been funny. And, uh, yeah, like, um, you know, it should be noted that I, I offered them the card after Kim had gotten on the bus. Um, but I hate, <laughs> I hate to think what would have happened if somehow I got it and that kid didn't or something. Sure. I may have had to fucking give it to the kid. I don't know. But, and then I, I will say, I didn't know if I had a double or not. Um, when I gave that card to him and I, I went back and I looked in that true that it, in fact was a double. So I didn't have to reorder another Hassan Kim card to nice. It was coming from a set. So anyway, um, so that was a, that was a feel good moment. Um, and I don't know if it gave us any luck later on, maybe slightly, but not, not too much. Well, um, um you know, uh, uh, somebody had some luck anyway, uh, yeah. before, before the game. So, um, you know, we, we were, Chris, Chris once again showed up too, and we, we were kind of in the front. We were a little bit more off to the side than previously. I had gone to the game that night. Uh, so this was a Wednesday. Again, it was freaking freezing outside. I heard Ron Coomer say on the radio when I got, got to go up, uh, to go to the bathroom, uh, and they, they play the, they play the radio broadcast in the bathroom and he, Coomer said it was 37 degrees. So again, it was, it was very cold that night um so anyway we're just we're, we're waiting out there and then you were you were telling me a little bit about what had ha- happened to you the previous night with like velasquez and ross and all that and then you said uh, you're like yeah yeah i think a- anthony kind of did me dirty um you know yes. in reference to the velasquez stuff and anthony was he wasn't he wasn't really anywhere close but he was he was like in the back uh and then i was like yeah he's uh, he's here tonight and you're like oh shit do you think he heard me and i was like <laughs> no i was like no no there's no chance <laughs> anyway, Anthony Anthony sees us, and so he comes up to us, and he starts telling us about how he had gotten into the park right at the as the gates opened, and then he was like, uh, uh, "So we we should say that uh, in addition to Man, uh, Manny Machado and all those superstars like Bogarts, um, uh, Tatis, Juan Soto is also on this team, and we saw him la- we saw him at the bus the previous night. He didn't sign, so uh, Anthony comes up to us. He says, "Yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, I got in the park right at doors open, and then he he goes uh, he goes to us. He's like." I get in there and I'm like, man, do I want Suzuki or do I want Soto? And then he he whips out his phone and he shows us two autographed cards of Juan Soto that he got. Um, And they look great. And then he's like, yeah, yeah, I got Machado too. And then he swipes and like, there's a Manny Machado autograph. So, so fucking Anthony, man, like the guy's a, the guy's a goof. Like he's, he's just a, he's a goofy guy. But uh, he gets results. Like, if you want to yeah. know the inside dope on something, or like, if you want to, if you want him somebody to call a player over, especially if it's one of the Latin players, like Anthony will, 
Anthony will like get 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 an autograph from that guy. He's your, he's your so guy, like, yeah. How did this guy? How did he get Juan Soto and Manny Machado? That's just it's just past belief. Yeah, it was it was just yeah it was it was out of out of this world like that he that he had that kind of luck and um, of course it was it was Anthony. Um, it was funny that like I it did feel like he came up to us like right after I kind of said like do you think he heard us yeah. <laughs> and, and like and and I never really turned around, so like I I don't know if he saw my face. It was it was it was all very weird. But I he seems like the kind of guy who wouldn't even care if you said something like that. So. No. Um. But yeah, I just couldn't believe it. Um. He did get Soto like on a ball with a sharpie, so that wasn't the best. But the card looked really good, and I think I forgot what he got Manny on. If it was a card or a ball, I don't remember. I think it was a card. Okay. Yeah. So it was just crazy. I I mean, yeah, honestly. If Anthony wasn't like a friggin' like unicorn, like I would try to like coordinate with him to like you know to do that to get into the stadium early or something. Like hell, I would maybe I would maybe even buy him a ticket. Like <laughs> if, if I thought he could get me Soto and, and Machado or even Suzuki, I just want Suzuki so bad. Like seems like he could get Suzuki, but um, but yeah, that was crazy. It was. Um, yeah, he, he actually offered. He's like, yeah, if you guys want to come in sometime, like, you know, you can come in with me. Um, he also, so the, the next day, I was going to the game on Thursday, too. Um, the next day, it was an afternoon game. And he, he said that afternoon games aren't as good for getting there at gates open than, than night games. He didn't specify the reason, but uh, whatever it is, like, I'll believe, I'll believe that, he, that that's correct. Um, you mentioned, Jeremy, that, like, the Cardinals are playing the, the Cubs uh, in about a, a week from now. Um, and you're like, yeah, I might have to just, like, uh, shadow him to try to get Contreras. Um, yeah. Because, like, if, if there's anybody who's going to get Contreras next week, it's somehow going to be him. So, yeah, I don't I don't know. But, um, yeah, that was, uh, that was crazy. Uh, so, once again, like, we're just getting stiffed by all these players. Uh, and then Joe Musgrove comes out. Now, Chris had, Chris had told me, anyway, that Musgrove uh, signs. I think maybe he got Musgrove last year. He heard that Musgrove signed last year. I don't know. Yeah. But Musgrove comes out. And uh, to our left were, like, these little kids, like, maybe, like, eight-year-old kids, like, two little boys, and then their their mom, who was, who was pretty attractive. She was a very good-looking lady. Um, so these two kids call, call Musgrove, and they say, Mr. Musgrove! Um, and he comes over. <laughs> not, like, uh, not like the stick did last no, year. No, so I was going to say, um, yeah, so he, uh, they, they call him over, and he signs for them. And only them, because we were we were right freaking there, man. Yeah, they, these kids were right next to us, <clears throat> and so he signs for them, ignores us and everybody else, and he says to them, "Saying Mister goes a long way." Um, well, the the dad said that, didn't he? I think did, the dad did, said did, that. I I thought I'd heard the kids say it, but it, it's possible that the dad oh, said it too. The kid? Oh, I thought you were saying Musgrove said it. So I think I think what happened, like the, the Musgrove signed for him and walked away, and then I think the dad leaned in and said. See, Mister. See, see, saying Mister goes a long way. Oh, is was that the dad that said that? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say, Jeremy. Like, yeah. I, so, Ick the uh, the stick last year said Mister Musgrove too, and that didn't get him anywhere. So, no. you know, I would argue that having a hot mom goes a long way, but like, <laughs> yeah. or just saying Mister doesn't get you anywhere. No, no. Or just being a kid in general. It's like don't grow up. You know, like. Uh, start smoking at a young age so you don't get any taller than four foot ten or something because like yeah no I think it's that um <clears throat> so yeah it's like all right dad like you, you you know 
you know, I, I'll, what's the address to send the father of the year award to? Yeah. Like for teaching that life, that valuable life lesson. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so, so yes, yeah, so anyway. Um, so yeah, that, uh, that happens. Um, I feel like, so again, I guess like kind of like similar to, to the previous day, like the players come out and again, like the fucking, like <clears throat> the, the, the fucking, uh, Knights court, the King's court, like comes out, um, with, with Tatis and Machado, Nelson Cruz was with him again. Bogarts actually snuck out earlier, um, and he had like a hood on, and like no one saw him. Like only one guy saw him, I think, or yeah. or one woman. Actually, it was a woman like next to us. We were like, I said to Chris, I'm like, who was that guy in the hood? And she's like, that was Xander Bogarts. And I looked at Chris, I'm like, nah. And then then we looked in the bus, and there was a guy. He was sitting right up front, and it was Xander Bogarts. Yeah, he like was that. completely incognito. He looked like when the Undertaker used to come out in like a cloak <laughs> with a with a hood on. Like you couldn't see yeah. his face at all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that was weird. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so you know, those big guys came 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 out and whatever. Um, but then uh, I think, like, kind of after the, the the rush of people came, um, we heard a familiar voice from last year, right, Jack? Yeah. Um, so you know, last year there was this guy like Luke Voigt was on the team. And, you know, the second Luke Voigt popped out into the concourse, the guy, he was one of those guys who would yell, Luke! And he was there with his annoying girlfriend. And as the bus drove away last year, like, they kind of, like, followed the bus for a little bit. And we're like, yeah! And, and videotaped the bus. Um, so we hear this guy come up, and he's like, hey, what's up, my friar faithful? Uh, um, yeah. dressed, in, dressed in all Padres gear. He's got, like, a just a, a black beard. Um, he's just like a big oaf and he was loud and annoying. And just as soon as he got there, as players were coming out, he would just, was just screaming their names and you know, it's like, yeah, congratulations, dude. Like you're, you're a, you're a big oaf who yells at people like, you know, it, that took you nothing to accomplish. Um, all you had to do was like be lazy and loud and annoying. Like it doesn't take anything to achieve that. But you, you know, you did it. So good job. But like the second this guy came over, and even Chris, Chris is a really nice and like forgiving guy, and he's a lot nicer than you and I. And even <laughs> yeah. even he was like, yeah, I can't stand this guy. I remember him last year. So yeah. this guy was just a a, a pox on uh, on everybody who was at the <laughs> bus that night. He was the original guy um, who made me like realize like in bus terms like they're not going to go to the big loud voice yelling their name. Like no, no one would do that. Nope. Yeah. So that, that was what we were dealing with for, with that guy. And so he really wanted to see Xander Bogarts and he's like, yeah, yeah. Hey, did Bogarts come out yet? And we told him like, yeah, he went on the second bus. Well, he we, on the second we bus. didn't would say anything for, for a while. And then <laughs> like, cause he, he was like, he was saying, he said it like right when he walked up. And then, like, he, he, he asked some dummy and some guy, and the guy was like, no, no, I didn't see him. And I looked at Chris, and I'm like, should I'm like, this bozo doesn't know that Bogarts came out already. And then I was like, should we actually tell him, and maybe that'll make him leave? And we were just like, eh, whatever. And we were stand. I had kind of, I feel like I had my back to him. And, like, I heard him say it, like, two or three times. And, fi- and I heard him say something like, man, when my boy Bogarts comes out, man, it's going to be crazy or something like that. And I was just like, ugh. And like, 
finally, eventually, the guy goes like, are you sure Bogarts didn't come out? And then, like, me and Chris turned around or something or whatever, like you said it or... Yeah. And he's like, and he's like, oh, man. Like, <laughs> like he was like, well, yeah. Then he also made some comment about how the last time he did this bus thing, and like, he was in some other town and he was yelling at him and like the players all ignored him. And it's like, yeah, right. What do you think? What do you think is going to happen, dude? Of course they're ignoring you. Yeah. Yeah. What um, an idiot. So that was, that was bad, but he still stayed. Like, even knowing Bogart's left didn't deter him. Um, so whatever. Hater comes out, he yells at Hater, Hater doesn't sign for us again, etc. Finally Schilt comes out again, and this time I don't know that Schilt was really with anybody. I don't think he was with Flaherty, but he Schilt comes out and um uh you know, we we call to him this time and like he he comes over. Uh it was almost like a weird game of chicken again where like, yeah. you know, he didn't seem sure, but he came over. He signed for us. Got weird vibes from him, but also as he was signing for us, Friar Faithful guy goes, "Oh yeah, former manager should still be a manager." And then Schilt just like you can see, you can see him simmering in like inside. Like I was watching Schilt very closely. This was as he was signing for you, but like he didn't react to that comment from Friar Faithful guy, but he clearly heard it. And yeah. I, you know, I don't think he left the Cardinals <clears throat> under very good terms. It was just, it was a very, it was a very kind of a tense moment. Yeah. Yeah, it was. He like looked down. I, I also felt like he was kind of like looking down um, yeah. as he was signing, uh, like looking down on us and also like, yeah, like almost like he heard us call him over and like he like processed in his head if it was like a, like worth it for him to come over or something it was it was weird and so then he starts signing like my card and i can see right away so i I had a card of his um it's a cool card actually like it says award winners manager so that was also probably um going through his mind because as he's signing this card that of him as a manager on the cardinals and as an award winner the guy said oh former manager so maybe he was getting like a wave of like flashbacks and resentment towards the cardinals uh, organization but uh i see him sign the card and he's he signs the first thing he writes on it is psalms 15 <laughs> and then below it there's a little scribble and i would at, at first i was like is he like not even gonna sign his name he's just gonna write like a bible verse and that's it and i was like this is i and i started like kind of like smiling knowing like we were gonna like just like talk about this afterwards and uh then you got him and then I think we were we just looked at each other and looked at the signatures and we were like, Oh my god, this is crazy. Yep. Yeah. Um yeah, do yourselves a favor, folks. Read read Psalm fifteen. Um basically it just describes like how to be a good person. Um yeah. uh but you can tell that he thinks that he lives by this. Um yeah. and maybe he does, but like I, I don't know if, you know, calling somebody a motherfucker and then like, you know, getting into a tiff about it is like that. I don't know if saying that they started the shit we ended the shit is included in that psalm um yeah so yeah it's it's crazy but that's our first experience with a guy writing a a piece of like uh or the title of some scripture on a on an autograph and it's definitely a thing that guys do i yeah. did not expect that from mike schilt but when you look at him uh and you realize that like he would very likely be the deacon at like your church um mm -hmm. it makes sense yeah, yeah, for sure. I I've seen it before. I'm trying to think if I've 
gotten one with a Bible verse on it. You I, you you said you got one through the mail one time, but I can't remember what guy it was. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's yeah. There's um, yeah. I'm trying to remember. Um, but all the guys I've ever seen do that, sign their name and then put that underneath it. No one's ever signed it first and then put their name. And like his 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 signature is really sloppy. Like it it just looks like a bunch of scribbles. So I couldn't even read it. And but so I like because I thought maybe it was more of the Bible verse or something. And I, I did like go on like eBay and look up some of his other signatures. And like there there was like a signed ball where he signed it the exact same way, like Psalm 15, Mike Schilt. So, yeah. So that was um, that was unexpected. But, uh, you know, maybe when you look at it, maybe not so much. Uh, so we did get Schilt, which was cool. I got him on my scorecard. I didn't have a card of me. It certainly doesn't have many. Um, finally, the, the last uh, uh, flurry of, of coaches came out after Schilt. Um, I had wanted this guy. He had a cup of coffee in the major leagues, but his name was Morgan Burkhart. I remembered him. Um, I remembered his name. I didn't really remember him as a player, but I had his card. Um, he's kind of a rough looking dude. He was coaching first base for the Padres. Um, he kind of, he kind of looks like a slight, a younger version of the guy, the actor who played Mike Ehrman Trout on, uh, <laughs> Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. He's just, he's got kind of one of those like rough looking faces that looks like he was a former boxer. Um, anyway, uh, Burkhart came out with Josh Hader and they were talking to each other. And so I yelled at him. I said, Hey Morgan, can you sign one? I've got your card. And he signed over. He he came over last one on the third bus. So again, that's another you know another myth busted. Like even the last guy on the last bus will sign for you if he signs. Um, comes over, signs my card. The signature looks good, which is awesome. He got on the bus and he left. And you're like you're like nice. That was clutch. And I will say yes, it was clutch. Like <laughs> I picked out this random guy. I happened to have his card. I called for him. He was the last guy. He was the last hope to get an autograph, and I, I got him. So I'm I was very happy about that one. Yeah, that's cool. I um, you know, <clears throat> I think with the the age gap, there's there might be some like guys from when I was really young that I remember that might Jack might not. I think this guy played because you got him on like a 1999. Yeah, 99 card, or 2000. It was around that era. Yeah, and so like that's again that's my well documented dark period of baseball. So I just like didn't know this guy. Uh, it's not it's not often that like one of us gets a guy, but the other doesn't. But like that was one where I just didn't <laughs> even like cross my mind. So that's cool that you got him. Yeah, yeah, it was it was neat. Um, and so that uh, you know I I don't think I did the uh I, yeah I didn't do the Cubs bus that night did I or if I did there wasn't anything really to report I might I think I went just straight home because I I think I had to work again so yeah or no I I, think, you know what I didn't have to work but anyway I think I was too cold so I went home so yeah um I think um I think we just left also I mean I didn't there was nothing to report from there so I think it was just kind of like I think I was also pretty cold and yeah had to get up yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so that that night ended, but uh, we both went to White Sox games. I did a full legue, um, uh on Thursday. Uh, for those of you unfamiliar with that term, that's called going to a, uh, a Cubs and a White Sox game. That's the term for that in the same day. So I went to the Cubs game on Thursday afternoon. <laughs> Which White is Sox- called that because... Um, it was rumored that those the Lagoos who the guys who jumped on the field at the White Sox game and attacked uh, Tom Gamboa, the Royals' first base coach, uh, had gone to a Cubs game in the daytime and a Sox game at night. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but n- neither team, uh, you know, comes away blameless on that one. Which, but I still blame the White <laughs> well, Sox. The White Sox a little bit more. Um, I think the Cubs are blameless in that. 
<laughs> uh, okay, so anyway, I did that. So I was there Thursday. Jeremy was there Friday. Um, I guess I, I'll, I, I didn't have many impressions other than that. It was very, very cold. I was unable to get into the lower deck because they were checking tickets. Um, and I just said, fuck it. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I've had, I've had so much baseball in the last couple days. I'll just watch this game from the uppers. Uh, it was very empty. Um, during the seventh inning stretch, uh, I turned around and took a picture for you, Jeremy, and there was nobody in the section. Um, the Cubs Mm -hmm. are getting blown out. So it's, it's always a, a hell of a thing at a baseball game to sit in a section where there's not one single other person. Um, the most remarkable thing from the game I went to fan wise was uh, at you know at some point there were people there in the beginning of the game and so this this group of about eight uh, eight teenage guys uh, comes up and sits near me and they're probably like juniors and seniors in high school so they're like older older high schoolers and they were just complete idiots like these guys were douchebags they were just talking about whatever and they were just talking to hear themselves talk but at one point I heard one of the guys say eight dollars for a slice that's fucking criminal, bro. Um, and I was like, oh, you're you're a you're an idiot. But so then all these kids like they they run down uh, they run down the stairs and run into the concourse, I guess, to go somewhere else. And so the the guy bringing up the rear has like a full slice of pizza, probably the the slice of pizza in question. Um, and he's trying to like catch up to these guys, and his pizza falls off the plate. His whole piece of pizza falls falls off the plate. He's still got the plate in his hands. And, like, he looks around to see if, like, any of his buddies saw it. Like, he looks around um, incredulously. Like, how the fuck did that possibly happen? Um, but all of his buddies are already in the concourse. So he just kind of looks around. He picks up the pizza from the ground, puts it back on his plate, and runs into the concourse to follow his Ooh. buddies. And, like, I guess if you pay $8 for a slice and that's what happens to the pizza, like, you know, who gives a shit about the five-second rule? It's like the 60-second rule. Just just pick it back up and uh, and eat it. But mm. I don't know if I could do that, man. I don't know if I could drop a slice at a White Sox game and, and pick it up and still eat it. Did uh, did it land crust-side down or cheese-side down? You know, I, I, that, I that was it was blocked from my view, so I, okay. I don't know. It, it, That's a big question. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, I mean, man, I, I have very little shame when it comes to stuff like that. Sure. But I'm like, I don't know if I would do that. Um, mm. But if it landed crust side down and I felt like I grabbed it quick enough, I guess I would eat it. Yeah, I, I mean, I it, I guess maybe it would depend, like, if I'd had a few beers already. Um, I don't know. I, I, I would be hard-pressed not to eat it as well, but... That's a, it's like that Michael Fulmer thing. Uh, the Cubs play a video where they ask like the guys like, what does it mean to bat around? And some of the players are like, it's if all nine guys come up in an inning. And some of the, some of the players say, oh, it's if all nine players plus the first batter of the inning come, comes up again. And Mike, finally they get to Michael Fulmer and Michael Fulmer is like, if it's, if all nine guys come up in an inning and I hope I never have to face it. It's like, yeah, you've probably <laughs> faced it like three times this year with the Cubs already. But, um, right. Yeah, I, that, that's that's my decision, man. I'd probably I, I hope I never have to have to decide that. Yeah, uh, yes, I, yes, that's the ultimate takeaway there. I would say, um, <clears throat> yeah. So I have a quick, I have a funny story, real quick. Uh, just real quick though. Um, so, uh, Jack, did you see many beer sellers over the highway on your walk in? 
Oh God, yes, I saw them over the highway, and then uh, of course they were uh, they were on the other side of Thirty Fifth too, like where the Sox Stadium is. So like they were oh, still really? there; they hadn't been kicked out. So yeah, wait, you mean they were there. on like the south side of Thirty Fifth, like the same yes. side of the stadium? Because we, I don't think we've ever seen them on that side, have we? Uh, we might have seen them once or twice last year, but that's something like the Sox could easily clean up because it seems like those are their grounds. Um, right. I mean, yeah. I don't know if they own the sidewalks, but like. The police could easily stop that. Um, yeah, you'd think the White Sox would would encourage them to stop it, but no. They, yeah, there, so there were some on the other on the other side <laughs> of thirty okay. fifth. There there weren't a lot at when I was at the game. Um, maybe it's still early in the season and it's 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 chilly still. So maybe they'll come out more as the season goes on. But it's like we're going on three seasons now, right? Where they've yep. been selling liquor on the streets. Yes, it is. All right. Well, just wanted to report that as our duty uh, to this <laughs> podcast, we need to report if the beer sellers have been removed. We thought maybe it would only last like one or two games. We're going on two years now. So yep. good job, White Sox. Um, we talked a lot about the heater dog uh, last year, both probably both and I, Jack's like favorite uh, thing to get at the ballpark. Um, I had asked Jack if he had gotten the heater and he, he didn't see it. And yep. um, I also didn't have much time to, to walk around. So I brought, I was bringing my students to the game. We are, my, my class got free tickets. Um, and I have a story to tell about that. Jack, I didn't even tell you this story. Um, but uh, I could, I, I did kind of a lap in the upper deck and like, didn't see the heater. I don't know if they'll have it downstairs, but I would be definitely sad if, that was gone yeah me too man so both of us um cannot report whether it's gone for sure but it looks like it may be which is is sad um they did still have the free scorecards at the fan services window um so they didn't have the good sense to start charging for those or the traditional you know one or two dollar scorecard so again more money left on the table by the white Sox. um so it's all pretty much status quo but you know you would think that these things would be rectified at some point but they haven't so just wanted to share that real quick, Jack. I have a, I have kind of a funny story about the, the Sox game though. Um, so I brought, so <laughs> we were given, I have like a, I, I teach a class, um, a filmmaking class and I have like 16 students, right? So the White Sox have a partnership with my, my organization. We get a lot of free tickets. Um, I was offered free tickets. My kids said that they wanted to go to a Friday night game. Um, so that was the only Friday night game. It was against the Rays. So I requested tickets. We were, we were given 20 tickets. Um, and only two of my, only two of the kids wanted to go when it came down time to like, be like, all right, who's in, who's out. So we ended up kind of getting rid like we ended up wasting a lot of like tickets. Um, I told those kids like, Hey, bring, you know, you guys can each bring a friend because, um, we're going to have extras. So it was a group of four kids and myself to which two of which I had just met that, that night. Um, so we show up, um, we're going into the stadium. I'm first, I'm going in first. I probably should have went in last, but I went in first. Then I look back and I noticed that all four of these, I, I noticed that the kid behind me has a backpack with a computer in it. Uh-huh. And the guy's like, you can't bring that in. And he's like, what? Like, I can't bring it in. And, I'm, and I, in my mind, I'm like, no, of course you can't bring that in. And um, and I guess, you know, I assume I'm, I'm used to going to games with people who have who go to games and know these rules. But these are high school kids. They don't know. So then um, 
I said like, uh, I guess I'll see you. They were, they were like, you can go check your bag. And I'm like, I guess I'll see you in there. Cause the game was about to start. And then, uh, and the guy's like, no, you know, we didn't actually scan your ticket yet. So you could go with them. I'm like, oh yeah. Right. Oh. So, <laughs> so I have to go back out the gate and then I look at the kids and like all three, all, all four of them have backpacks on them. So it's just like, oh boy, this is, this is bad. So we like walk over, like looking for the, uh, the bag check. And it's at this like little trailer that they have where they sell like souvenirs out of like t-shirts and hats and whatnot. So we go over there and we walk over and we see the sign and it says bag check $10. Ooh, (laughs) uh, really? Yes. And so I'm like, oh boy, I'm like. All right. And so we all looked at each other and then for a minute there, it was going to be like, well, we tried guys, you know, have a good night. I'm going to be inside the stadium. Yeah. Um, But I'm like, the kids were like, well, should we try to go over there and see? And I'm like, well, yes, we should before we decide like it's a lost cause. So we walk over to the, the trailer and um, I look at the kids and like, one kid just has like a drawstring bag with a computer. And I'm like, you could stuff that into someone else's backpack. The other girl like has like a bag that she took some stuff out of like a purse. And that one looked like it could fold into another bag. So I'm like, we can consolidate these into two bags. I'm like, let me go talk to the lady and see what the policy is. So I go over to her and I'm like, Hey, and like, I waited till like everyone was, was gone. So there's no one else at the, at the trailer. And I'm like, I'm like, is it $10 per bag or just $10? And she's like, no, it's per bag. And I'm like, all right. I'm like, and I kind of turn and I'm like, look, I got this, these kids with me on a field trip. They didn't know about the bag thing. Is there anything we can do here? Like, can, is it any possibility that we could just pay you 10 bucks and you could just take the, all their bags? And she's like, how, um, she's like, how many bags is it? And I'm like, we can squeeze it all into two. At this point we were three. And she's like, all right, if you can squeeze it into two, I'll, I'll just charge you 10 bucks. And uh, I was like, thank you. Thank you. And then so the kids start trying to like squeeze their bags in together. And then the one girl's like trying to shove her bag into the other girl's bag. And the lady's like, oh, she's like, wait, wait, like, you know, don't don't ruin your bag. Like, if it's just three, I'll just take them. So oh, I, sh- I meant to say before I even went up to the lady, I'm like, listen, if we can do two bags, I'll pay for one. Can you guys come up with ten dollars for the other one? And they're like, we don't have any money. (laughs) The one girl's like, I don't have any money. And the one kid's like, I have $2. (laughs) I'm like, all right, whatever. And so I go up there and then like we do the whole thing. I end up only going to pay 10 bucks. And so I swipe my card and I pay the $10, which is not part of the the deal. (laughs) Like I wasn't on the hook to pay any of this money. So we check the bags. We get in. Um, we go up and of course, one of the like great things about going to White Sox games is that you can, they have good food there. And then, but then I'm thinking, I'm like, well, I can't just like gorge myself in front of these kids when they have no money. Like that's maybe not the best thing. Sure. So, so then I'm like, ah, man, I'm like, I said to the one, the like most responsible student there, I was like, I'm like, Hey, I want to get some food, but I don't want to eat in front of you guys. Like, I'm like, if I bought you guys like a big thing of popcorn, would could you guys share it? And she's like, yeah, yeah, we can do that. And so I did. I went and I bought them like a tub of popcorn. It was like $8. Um, so it wasn't that bad, whatever. But I'm in for like $18, $19 at this point. And like I wasn't even like, you know, I was not on the table at all. So 
Um, so whatever. I'm just like, okay, you know, whatever. I want these kids to have, you know, somewhat of a good time. Um, so I buy, buy them popcorn. I buy myself food. We watch the game, whatever. It's fun. It's a good time. There's uh, fireworks. The kids were into it. Um, so we, I walked back to the train. They got on a train. I got on my train. I was parked at like my, uh, my brother-in-law's house, Jack, me and you like, uh, uh-huh. you know, did that once before. So there's kind of like a long walk from the green line to like where my car is parked. So I'm walking along and walking down the sidewalk by myself. I look down. What do I see on the ground, Jack? $20 bill. Oh man, dude. Yeah. Really? So I found a, a very nice crisp folded up $20 bill on the ground and I, and I'm by myself and I go like, no fucking way, man. And I yeah. picked it up and I had a $20 bill. So, uh, I was re reimbursed for my, uh, expenditure expenditures that night. Wow. Well, look at that. That's, that's karma, right? From the, the I was going to say, man, you're giving stuff to kids all over the place. A Kim card, like <laughs> food and backpack storage. Like, look at this guy, you know, teacher of the year. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Right. For sure. Yeah. Forget parent of the year, you know, good, goodbye, Mr. Chips. You know, that's, <laughs> that's what we got here. Well, that, that's good. That's good uh, to hear though, that, that you got that back and it was basically a net zero for you. Nothing is sweeter. Nothing is. They say that uh, uh, money won is twice as sweet as money earned, but uh, I think money found is even sweeter than than any of those. I would yeah, I would sign off on that for sure. It was great. It's been a long time since I found money, and like you don't find twenty dollars too often. I think I may have found twenty dollars once at like a concert or something. Um, yeah, I, it yeah. it's only happened to me about once too. The thing is, what's nice is it sounds like you were all alone on the street, so you yeah. didn't have to do that move where like. You, you put your foot over it and pretended mm-hmm. not to see it and like looked around to see if anybody saw you and then you picked it up. It seems like you were just able to just scoop it up. Yes, exactly. And also it's kind of a, a well-to-do neighborhood. So I felt like whoever may have dropped it probably didn't, you know, probably could spare $20. So sure. that's another thing I felt, you know, it made me feel a little good, better about the situation. So, so yeah, so that was, um, that was a good moment for me there for my first White Sox game. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, and hey, that that'll buy you about four more of those White Sox games too, if you're, if you're looking at looking on tick picks. So uh, nice. Well, that that's a good happy ending to to all this stuff. Um, we are going to the game on Cinco de Mayo, uh, the uh, May fifth. The uh, Cubs are playing the Marlins on Friday afternoon. So we're gonna be going to that one. We're gonna be graphing the Marlins. Um, this will be my first time graphing them. Jeremy's second, and it's our first small market team of the year. Truly small market team. So, uh, well, Miami's not a small market, but the, the team is run like a small market team. So uh, yeah. it'll be exciting to see if that's a difference from all these Cali teams. Um, you know, we wanted to make a few predict- predictions. Uh, who's going to sign? Who's not going to sign? Um, Jeremy, do you have a guy you think is a surefire, uh, ironclad, mm. is definitely going to sign? Ooh, that, I mean, th- when you put it in those terms, I don't know if um, – I don't know. Like, it sounds like Sandy Alcantara has a good reputation for signing. Sure. Um, I was just going to pick like, you know, a, a dark horse or like just a shot in the dark of who yeah, I sure, think we, why not? we might get. Yeah. So I'm thinking, I'm going to say Jesus Lazardo. I think we okay. could get Jesus Lazardo. Nice. I have a, I have a heritage of Jesus Lazardo, so I'd be, uh, nice. I'd be happy with that. Um, I think a guy we're going to get, uh, and I was happy I had his card is Garrett Cooper. He seems like the type of guy that might sign. I, I think I, I'd like that pick, Jack. I think we could get Garrett Cooper also. Nice. He could be an easy guy to recognize, too. He's 6'5", 235, so I think we could spot him. Anybody you think we might not get? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, 
just doing one last quick. Well, let's can we throw out Gene Segura because I think we already yeah. Know so that let, we don't let's get throw, him. let's throw him let's throw him out. We already kind of know he's not going to sign. Yeah, I mean, there's no one on here I think is impossible. Yeah. I kind of feel like Edward Cabrera, who um, might be starting that game, and like is a is still a pretty talented pitcher. Like, I don't know. He doesn't. He looks kind of mean. I don't know if that's just the way he looks or not. But um, I feel like maybe he might not sign. I don't know. Okay, nice. I I feel like there's uh, two guys who might not sign. Um, the first guy that comes to mind for me is well, I might as well just say it. I feel like uh, Yuli Gurriel might not sign. Yeah, yeah, that's um, a good call. Just be, and I say that because he's been a part of some World Series teams. He's been a part of some really big Astros teams. And, you know, he's been through the pomp and the circumstance and probably the crazy buses. And uh, he's probably just over it and he doesn't sign. So that would be my number one guess for a guy who doesn't sign. I think that's a good call. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also because he has a bit of a checkered past anyway. I'd still get his autograph, though. Um, I, I know I I uh, I was thinking like would I say something or yeah. <laughs> well why not let's never let's never forget um, okay uh, all right well that is gonna wrap up this episode but we've got a game coming up uh, in a few days so we'll get back to you for that um, uh, but for Rain Delay Theater tonight I'm Jack Swakowski and I'm Jeremy Dionisio we'll see you next time later.